Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. From the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Oh, gosh. I love an overreaction Monday. Good morning. Welcome in. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. We are the Out of Bounds Show. 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We're streaming live for you on the Out of Bounds radio app. And we'll have Steve Robertson on the show at 8.30 to discuss the Bulldogs against Arizona. And then they face off against LSU this weekend at 11 a.m. You got to get there early. If you're going to drive in on Saturday... Man, you got to leave early. Now, if you're there on Friday, you're good. Wouldn't think a lot of tailgating pre-11 pre a.m. I don't know. You got the gung-ho people that will get out there about nine, knock out an hour and a half, go to the stadium. Yeah, a little breakfast sandwich or something like that. Okay. I could see it. I'll be there. A little scrambled eggs, like a breakfast biscuit and a Tito's vodka Bloody Mary with okra. Ooh, okra, come on. Yeah. That sets it over. A little bacon in there. Yeah. You got to have crispy bacon. Got to. Two Brothers does this bacon that's delicious. I don't know how they do it. I'll have to ask Barton. It's amazing. They put it in their Bloody Marys. It's like this big slab of bacon. It's almost like putting a filet in your bacon, which is, I mean, a filet in your Bloody Mary. That'd be neat. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's big time. You know what else is great is, some deer sausage. Um, you know, just get a toothpick, load it up with some deer sausage and okra. Dude. And just drop it in your Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary. I don't think I've done the deer sausage. Really? In, in a Bloody Mary, no. Uh, well. I mean, I am cultured, I promise. 
You're really just, not. Th- hey, whoa. I mean, I know you're middle class fancy in the Grove, but that's that's you know, chicken on a stick is is not what I'd say is is fancy. But anyway, the Out of Bounds Show one oh five nine the Zone ESPN is brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Speaking of bacon, they have a bacon appetizer at uh Kessler Prime. It's delicious. Really well done. They also have Wagyu beef that you can order as an appetizer or an entree. To ask God if they have still have soft shell crab, we're getting in that. Uh. Anyway, let's go. I do know they ha- they have fillets, ribeyes, and New York strips. Rack of lamb, kesslerprime dot com to make a reservation. Um, the meltdown on the Ag Up equipment text line is spectacular, and I want to tip of the cap to y'all. You're you're bringing it. You're passionate. Um, maybe a little crazy, but. I understand your concerns. You did win. I, I do want to let Mississippi State and Ole Miss fans know you did win this past weekend. Like Jackson Dart made some plays. Okay. Um. Now Jason has a favorite wide receiver. Now that Trey Harris is out. Well, I, I like Dayton Wade before this game. He he looked he looked good against. I mean, <laughs> cough Mercer, <laughs> but you know I I did like him. Also, I thought you know Jordan Watkins would be more effective, but I'm interested to see if Zachary Franklin can actually come into the game and make a difference coming off that injury. Too. Yeah. I mean, he's been out a long time. Yeah. So, but you had guys make plays late, especially dark. And then for Mississippi state, jet Johnson made plays several guys on defense and then will Rogers to Tulu and will Rogers to Pittman. Well, in Marks, Marks was good, especially early. There was this huge lull during the game where Arizona had the football for like 99% of the time. And we mentioned the 19-play drive. We mentioned that Mississippi State had 272 total yards in regulation. 127 of those in the first quarter. Uh, You only ran 56 plays. Which this day and age, uh, you know, didn't you feel like Will used to throw it 38 times last year? Uh, I think you still run it like... (laughs) Or 40, and then you run, you know. So running 56 plays, you're, Will Rogers and Woody Marks and Tulu were on the sideline a lot. You know, you, you couldn't get off the field on third down. And then you weren't awesome on third down. Anyway, I, I don't need to pick all this apart. You won. It's hard to win. Tulane is a nice G5 school. And, you know, they're well coached. Willie Fritz is, again, a freak. He should be somewhere else. You know who tried to hire him last year? Georgia Tech. Instead, they promoted from within. I'm not saying that guy's not a good guy. Maybe he becomes a good coach. Willie Fritz is a freak. But guess who got involved? Former players. Whenever former players want somebody, run like hell. Okay? I mean, the former players got Shane Beamer hired at South Carolina. And, you know, it it, it looked good for a minute here. It's not going to work out long term. But, um, you know, it, they had Willie Fritz hired. He would have been a tremendous hire at Georgia Tech. And instead, promoted from within. So, now Ole Miss gets to play. I guess they were going to pull Willie Fritz either way. They just got him at Tulane, not at Georgia Tech. Uh, Jason, look up the Georgia Tech's coach name. I can't remember his name. Jeff Collins was their coach. 
and it Jeff just couldn't turn the corner. They didn't, ha- and the university didn't handle COVID well. I mean, it's just there's a lot of that out in the Pac-12 and da 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 da. Jason, it is Brent Key. I don't know him. Do you know Brent? No, you ever no, run I, into him? Had a barbecue sandwich with him, beer? Yeah, no, did not know Brent. He he looks like a football coach. Hell yeah, so, he does. I do know what he looks like. So that helps. Does it? <laughs> I guess that's half of it. Find somebody, you know, Arnett looks like a football coach, so he's got that part. Willie Fritz looks covered. like a football coach. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Lane looks like a, he's in surgical sales. Okay. I could see that. Or? Or a regular at the country club sort of thing. Ab, yeah, now he could he could be a, a, a golf pro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He could be a golf pro at the country club. I could see that for sure. I, or or a tennis pro. Most uh, definitely. Yeah, no, I like. I see where you're going there. That was a better call. <laughs> Trying to think what else. Um, attorney in a very, very stuffy firm that still wears suits and ties. Mm, okay. Yeah. Do they still do that? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I mean, I'm I mean, sure maybe in Manhattan, you got to put on a $6,000 suit to, to go maybe down to Manhattan. Well, of course you're in Manhattan. You got to ball out. You think so? Yeah. I think Chicago. Gotta, right. People where the, where people take themselves really seriously, but I think around here it's a lot of golf golf shirts and pants, and if you've got something, then you throw on the the button down and the sport coat. Yeah, I, I think judges, because most judges take themselves way too seriously. I they probably demand they probably want you in the courtroom, but what's the percentage of lawyers that go in the courtroom? One. One percent? Don't 2%? ask me, dude. I have no idea. Let's ask our <laughs> listeners. What are the percentage of lawyer attorneys that go into the courtroom on any kind of um, regular basis? The Ag Up Equipment text line is 601-885-3776. 885-3776. Let's see what uh, this guy says. Lane looks like a lacrosse coach on the weekends. And a wealth management portfolio person. During the, that's that guy wins something. We text him back, tell him, ask him who he pulls for, roots for, and we're giving him some. That's, that's, a, that's a text of the day, an hour and ten minutes in. That is phenomenal. Lane Kiffin looks like a lacrosse coach on the weekends, and a wealth management portfolio person during the week. My man. You just won something really cool. We'll come up with something. We got enough gear and merch and so on man i had a great meal on friday night i mean it was a really good meal with you know a bunch of good people that was fun Wendy and i had fun on saturday uh the game was wild good grief mississippi state arizona back and forth overtime insane will rogers to Pittman. and did you see that stop by like inches on Jaden delora on fourth down dude <laughs> Where his Close. elbow went down, <laughs> yeah. and it was a good thing the ball was in his right hand. Couple breaks. Was the play of the game Arnett's f bomb in the post game? No doubt. Okay. No doubt. I love that guy. Um, Steve Robertson at eight thirty, and Jake Thompson with Ole Miss at nine fifteen. Good morning. Welcome in on a crazy Monday. More crazy pills on the text line.
Ole Miss escapes out of New Orleans because the final score was not indicative of the game, as you all know. And Mississippi State escapes with a win against Arizona. But doesn't it feel good? Think if you'd have lost. Ugh. Ooh. Scary. You got to go 4 0 in non conference, right? Of course. You know, your state and Ole Miss, you got to go 4 0 in non conference. And then you got to find some dubs in conference. Um, look, there's a lot I could pick apart, but some guys made plays. They really did. Jet Johnson made plays. And, you know, Jackson Dart made plays. Um, and there were many, many others. But uh, physical ball game for Ole Miss down in New Orleans with a team that they out-recruit by over 50 spots. But Willie Fritz, I don't know what he's got going on in the dining commons. And, but credit to him. And if there's any coaches listening, they know. I mean, coaches that can take less and win are the best. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's there's high school football programs around here that you, I mean, you know, you're always going to be good. You got all the, you know, tools and resources, and then there's high school programs around here where what what do you have to be? You got to be a wizard. Okay, same thing in college. Yeah, yeah. Tulane, if it's an academic school in New Orleans that hasn't ever been good at football, and Fritz can coach. He's an overlooked guy who, you know, has spent his the majority of his career at places totally off the beating path. But he can he he gets the whole but he can coach. Yeah. I mean, Dave Bartu said it perfectly last week. He said Ole Miss has more talent, but Tulane plays above their talent. That's exactly what you saw. I mean, Tulane was playing out of their shoes for the first three quarters. Pretty much. Yeah, they were. Now, once they got their feet under them, Ole Miss went down, scored, and then, boy, did Tulane adjust. Quick. I mean, Quick. Ole Miss went boom, 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 score. Trey Harris, touchdown. You're thinking, okay, Michael Pratt's not playing. Ball game. This thing's going to be 28-3 to at halftime. And then, all of a sudden, Tulane adjust. They come out, and they hit Ole Miss in the mouth. Um, their defense hit Old Miss's offense in the mouth. Um, and from there, Dart didn't get, it took him a while to get comfortable. What happened with the Mississippi State-Arizona game is you come out, you hit Arizona in the mouth, you go up 14 to nothing, and then what happens? Arizona controls the ball all of the second and third quarter. You're, Will Rogers and Tulu and Marks are on the sideline. You can't run any plays. Because why? Jaden Delora can play. That kid is a fierce competitor. He is fun to watch. Now, it's not fun when, he, when you think he's going to beat your team. But um, even with all the turnovers, he is, and he's, he's kind of got to play like that. Uh, I'm sure Jed Fish would like to reel it in a little bit. Um the balls were ricocheting off people into the hands of Mississippi State defensive players. Crazy. Um, but I don't, I don't think either team is. I think both teams are solid with some 
nice pieces. Uh, I mean, Mississippi State played a much better opponent. Yes, Tulane's well coached. They do not have the talent of Arizona. Um, you know, give Fish credit, man. He walked. What what did Sumlin do his last year? One and eleven. Two uh, and ten, I think. Oh, two and ten. Yeah, because he went from two and ten to ten and two the next year. Switched the program completely around. Who? Uh, Fritz. No, no, no. I'm talking about Arizona. Kevin oh, Sumlin. Gotcha. Kevin Sumlin ran that program into the ground, and then. Fish comes in and had, I think Sumlin was like three and nine or two and 10 or something, one and 11. I don't know. His last year and everything went, you know, there was talk of what was going on in the facility. It was a disaster. And, um, you know, they've done a good job in the portal and, and signing some players. So, uh, Now, yes, I've I've said that Fritz is a heck of a coach. Let's switch gears. How 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 much trouble is Alabama in? So you got, you know, Milrose your quarterback. He's got talent. Yeah. Um. There's no doubt that, you know, Kodkowski, that guy's a freak. Bartu's been talking about him for years. Top two, top three defensive coordinator. He was unbelievable at Washington. It was a super hire by Sark, by the way, at Texas. Did a good job. I thought Sark's play calling was really good. Say what you want about him as a head coach, and he's been a disaster until Saturday night. But, man, Jason, I thought Steve Sarkeesian's play calling with Quinn Ewers was really, really good. And... Although I do believe that Milrow just needs to play more. Now, they may make a change because sometimes Saban's that guy that will go crazy over turnovers. But I, I don't. the word out of camp in August was that Milrow was by far and away better than the Notre Dame transfer and Ty Simpson. Now, I know they got the young buck that they want to go with. Yeah, try doing that, who's even younger than Milrow and less experienced, and see if he turns the ball over. <sighs> I would ride with Milrow. If you're Mississippi State or Ole Miss, and I mean, you got a slight chance maybe of doing something there, but some of the other teams that play them, you want some quarterback controversy and for Saban to lose his mind, which he may. I mean, they may start rotating and so on. If I'm Alabama, you're playing at South Florida this weekend, I'd go with Milrow. He needs reps. Now, that was a playoff game. If Texas stays clean, Jason, they're in. That was a playoff game. That was a huge win. Oklahoma's not good um, anymore. They've lost their mojo. I mean, look, have you looked at the the Big Twelve? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so you know, Baylor can't win games. TCU, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost their quarterback, most of their offensive line, all their wide receivers. And then you know you got the other teams in the in the league that don't really count. So so the bottom line is, man, this is could Texas be in the college football playoff? Long way to go. Sark has screwed this thing up at Washington, Southern Cal, and Texas until Saturday. But have they recruited so well? And Quinn Ewers is good enough, the Texas quarterback, Jason, where they can do this thing. Now, something else for Miami. Huge win. 
Florida State is really, really, really good. Miami, I'm not ready to say they're really, really good, but that was a good win over A&M. And is Jimbo Fisher ever going to get it done? Uh, how, how much more time does he get? Well, so now they play La Monroe, W. But then guess what they got? Four in a row, Texas A&M. How about this? Auburn at home, Arkansas in Cowboys Stadium, Alabama at home, at Tennessee. I mean, what what are we talking? One and three? Mm. I mean, how does that look (laughs) going into the bye week? Yeah, again, they have players. They have talent. Petrino and Durkin, their coordinators, are good. Maybe they can turn it around. But that's a devastating loss for Texas A&M. And think about that for a second. Florida, LSU, Alabama, Texas A&M, and South Carolina. I'm missing one. Have all lost Power 5 non-conference games. And it's early. We are the Out of Bounds Show brought to you by RPT and Rick's Pro Truck. Steve Robertson coming up next on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Overtime win in Starkville, Mississippi for 2-0. Oh. 2-0 for Mississippi State. Got to run the table on your non-conference games, and you feel like they just did that. They got Western Michigan and Southern Miss left. Um, It gets real this weekend. A top-five recruiter comes into town in the LSU Tigers. It's the Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game. It is an 11 a.m. kick. You will have to get up early. And get out to the junction. Although it may be like 60-something degrees. If you do try to grab an hour of tailgating prior to the game. Which is pretty awesome. Um, I tailgated for about an hour uh, Saturday. And the food was amazing. They went with uh, Obie's. Wow. I was I was impressed. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save. With your local Farm Bureau insurance agent and hit favorites.com to get a quote in four minutes or less. We welcome in Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports, the Boneyard podcast. Um, I read some of his board yesterday and this morning. And uh, boy, you can get a consensus on anything, or maybe not. Uh, Steve, good win for Zach Arnett. Arizona's got some players. Jed Fish has done a, a good job there. Uh, Delora can play. Their offensive line is is really good. Um, Jet Johnson, Mark, some other dudes played well. Uh, there was a lot of back and forth. What's your What's your one big takeaway on Saturday night? Mississippi State won the football game. That's the that's the biggest one, right? The second thing that I would say is defensively, this team can be dangerous. This is a team, and it's interesting, too, that I think it's pro football focus that said uh, they had 40 drawbacks. The state got pressure on 21 of them. You know, and, and listen, let's be honest. You're not going to see a lot of quarterbacks like Jaden Dolores' mobility. You're going to see another one this weekend, you know, with uh, Jaden Daniels. But 
I think defensively this is a team that can that can really slow some people down and, and probably keep State in every football game for the most part this year. They're going to keep them in the game. It's going to be up to the offense to win it. Okay. Um, so I said all offseason, I banged the drum that, you know, going from the pure air raid to anything, it would not matter what you went to. Any 900 variations of the spread, whatever, that would be a, a difficult transition. Um, early on, it looked good. I didn't agree with going for it on fourth and four, by the way. I, I think fourth and one, the way that Woody Marks can plow through, I'm all about it. I like I like to get points when you're in a fourth and four situation in that close. How do you see that, Steve? Well, and, and Zach admitted in post game he should have taken the points, but especially in a game that you know might be a little bit nip and tough, you don't want to be chasing points that early in the ball game. I mean, you had a very methodical and well thought out drive. You went basically right down the field, and uh, you need to come away with points there. And because when you when you go for it and you don't get it, you give them juice. They're already you know, the team that's expected to lose the ball game. Uh, it's, it's a good atmosphere, and so people are rocking, and you're about to go in and take an early lead. When you don't get it, the mojo jumps sidelines. Now, they didn't take advantage of that. No. But, uh, there'll be some games in the future where you get a little bit loose and fast with uh, you know, the expectations of football, and they come back to cost you. And in some respects, it, it did. If you have that field goal later in that ball game, it's a little bit different. Of course, the complexity of the game changes over 60 minutes, but uh, now you've got to take those points early, and, and Arnett did admit that post game. All right, so they dominate in the first quarter. 127 yards of their 272 are in the first quarter. Things are rolling. Delora looks a little bit like the lights are bright for him. He's turning it over. And then Arizona keeps the ball basically 95% of the time in the second and third quarter. So people are like, well, why didn't you run the play? Well, you can't run offensive plays if you're not on the field. Arizona flipped the script, and they score on the way in at half. At that point, what are you thinking, Steve? Well, I'm thinking State has squandered an opportunity to really get some separation in this ballgame. I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, the second quarter. State had one real possession in that quarter. That's it. Arizona did a great job. and Of course, they had chances to get off the field, but it's a 19-play drive that, uh, you know, ends when Sean Preston just blows up Jacob, Jacob Cowan. And then you go down and have a chance to kick a field goal to make it a pre-possession game before the half. You missed it. You missed, but you know I think maybe the bigger the bigger issue is the, that really an unnecessary hold hold right there at the at the point of attack. I mean I think Woody's probably going to clear that and score, not not to beat up Cole Smith, who's been outstanding. Uh, but he that, has. that's a missed opportunity there, where to make it a three possession game, and we're having a different conversation today. And I really think that the impressions by many of Mississippi State football would be different today uh, if you get any points on that drive and then you don't and then you, you give up with foot 48 seconds to go you give up that uh that ridiculous you know basically just throw it up for grabs play and mcmillan beats two defenders the next thing you know they got a touchdown and watching the game yesterday uh intently i don't think he got in uh, i know that, that they rolled him in because there was no evidence to overturn it but uh the call on the field stood because i think a uh, an official you know, kind of uh, anticipated the call there because he did not cross the goal line with the football. Uh, Nathan Pickering had the football. But be that as it may, the bottom line is the state offense should have scored to make a three-possession game, and you can't give up that play. I mean, that's that's the first thing you, you hear as you play football as a defensive back. On situations like that, Hail Mary situations, you don't let people get behind you, and they did. 
Okay, so then the the second half plays out. Uh, Mississippi State scores late in the third. I thought, you know, to Tulu. Uh, all right, so the one bright spot was Rod. Let, let's let's talk about some some good things because they won. Uh, the the Rogers to Tulu I thought was and and marks early. The Rogers to Tulu was I thought a very bright spot in the game. What did you think? Steve. Yeah, especially on that, you know, when, when State needed to go back down and take the lead. I mean, basically, you go out there and you go five wide and kind of go back to some air raid concepts. And and uh, I'd like to know exactly what Will Rogers said. I tried to make it out yesterday on the replay. Um, I don't know if he's saying let me play or, you know, something along those lines. But I think in situations like that, when you absolutely have to have a score, I think you got to put Will in the most comfortable setting possible. Yes. I think you got to let him – I don't even let him call the plays, but the reality of it is, is I think you've got one of the most prolific passers in the history of the Southeastern Conference, a guy that's won a lot of football games wearing maroon and white. And in that scenario, they did let Will do what he what Will does, and he finds Tulu, and then it's a bonehead uh, flag on the sidelines to make it 15 more. And again, a drive that you got to finish. You know, you end up getting a field goal there, but uh, they kind of had a little malaise roll in once they got down there uh, near the red zone. Hmm. Uh, the, so Arizona had the ball 19 minutes in the second and third quarter. So you can't generate the plays and the reps that you want. Um, we know that Zach told Barbe after the 19 play drive, the defense needs a rest. Um, you know, so, so run it. So when you kind of mix all that up, Steve, you've got 39 running plays and 17 passing plays. I expect that to come close to flipping going forward. Um, I said close, not totally. No. Well, you're going to run more plays than that. Or you you damn sure hope that you're going to run more than 57 plays. Anyway, I think they need to be 70-30, 65-35 throwing the football. What do you think? Well, I think you got to have better balance than you had on Saturday. I think you kind of skewed too much in the wrong direction. And, and yeah, it's interesting, too, that people are, are critical of, uh, of Arnett for saying after that 19-play drive, hey, the defense needs a blow. That, that's football 101. Right. Yeah, I mean, you go out there and you start throwing that thing around, you go three and out, put a tired defense back on the field, you're just asking to get beat. And so, yeah, you've got to do that. And, uh, again, you know, State puts a few things together there, but just don't just in the drive. And that, I think that's really the message offensively is whatever you have to do in those situations where you get separation, you've got to finish drives and you can't get out there and get a little bit too cute. And we knew there was going to be some growing pains on offense. Like you said, I mean, it was never going to be a seamless uh. transition, uh, but yeah, you see, you have a lot of growing pains. I thought Saturday night, but at the end of the day, you have growing pains, but you still win the ball game and you're two and other day. Okay. Uh, the offensive line and the pressure up the middle um, on will, obviously it makes any quarterback uncomfortable. You just mentioned all the things that Will does well. One of the things that, you know, he's, he's, he's not mobile and he's not fast or quick. So how do they counter that going forward, Steve? I think you got to stay out of predictable passing downs, for one. And uh, that's the thing that's kind of frustrating, too. You're supposed to have that extra blocker with a tight end. I mean, and they got a lot of pressure off the edge, too. And uh, there were a couple of plays that, I don't know if we just missed it in pre-snap read, but they were off the edge before anything really happened. And, and listen, you're not going to see a lot of fronts exactly like this one, you know, especially with uh, with Norton there in the middle. 
he's not a ground gainer, but he's a guy that eats up space and opens up opportunities for linebackers. But, you know, one of the things that I found interesting, you know, kind of watching the game back yesterday, because, you know, but when you're at the game, you miss so much. Sure. Every time Mike Wright came in the game, it was an all-out run blitz. Every linebacker on the field fit a gap. Every single time Mike Wright was on the field. And they don't respect his ability to pass, which is rather interesting considering the snaps he's taken as an SEC quarterback. And I think State's gotten a little bit too predictable right on the field. I think now it's, maybe you roll it out against LSU, but he's got to be able to throw the football to hold defenses honest because every single time he was on the field, you basically got seven blitzing every single play. And you'll see those linebackers, they don't even hesitate. They just pin their ears back and explode on the snap. And uh, as a result, Mike wasn't nearly as effective. I think you know, that's one of the reasons you signed him. And I think our use of him Saturday was rather interesting. There are a couple times he wasn't in there on short yardage. But, um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of wrinkles left. I mean, I've been in a lot of practices, and so I've seen what they can do. But I think we got very predictable with right on the field Saturday. That's got to change. Okay. Maybe Barbe got a little tight um, with what happened in the second, third quarter. Like you said, the, the offense sat over there forever. Um during the second, third quarter. And as you know, Arizona got the ball back in the in the second half to start it off. So it just felt like... I, I did think that um, Arnett needed to call timeouts um, going into halftime. I just felt like you got to um, maybe give yourself some time, try to get Will hooked up with Tulu and, you know, try to boogie down the field for, for 40 yards. How did you see that? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those deals, too. I know you want to get into the half there, but... Uh... I, I just go back to that that play where there was the uh, the pass interference on Furge, and they initially ruled that that, that player reception. Well, that review is a thirty-seven yard differential, right? Because okay, you're going to decline the penalty and take the big gain down the field. Well, then it was clearly not a reception, so they backed that off. Now they accept the penalty. So instead of them being in, in prime position, they're back across the fifty on their side of the field. You've got to get off the field there, no matter right. what the time situation looks like no matter what the offensive situation looks like you've got to get them off the field and um and not give up points and they did and that's one of those things again that we talk about giving people juice they hadn't had anything to feel about feel good about the entire first half other than the fumble on the first drive and now you've given that to them right i mean you, think about how debilitating it is when you drive 19 plays down the field and you've got your best receiver out there in, in space and you're thinking, okay, we're about to cash this thing in, and then he fumbles, and State gets it back. I mean, that that that, that most people would have quit right there, and State had a chance to beat him in the submission by converting on that drive, but they didn't. And then all of a sudden, you have this just throw it up for grabs play, and it's like they've got juice. They have not played well for two quarters, and have nothing to show for it, and you just kind of gift them an opportunity, and that, that those are the kinds of things that get you beat. And you got to clean that up. Steve Robertson on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Mississippi State's two and zero. That was a huge win for a young coach like Zach Arnett, who turned thirty seven yesterday, um, in in a game that you could have lost. And I think Arizona's scrappy and more than solid, and has a couple of NFL dudes on the O line. And I think Delora would he'd be held well. He'd be really good in this Mississippi State offense. You drop him at Auburn, you drop him at LSU, watch out. Um, okay, let's go to the defensive side of the football. Travion Williams played early. John Lewis, uh, were you impressed? You know, they need to get Travion Williams up and rolling. He needs to be an impact player sooner than later. Were you impressed by his play? 
Yeah, it was. And I thought John Lewis flashed a little bit, too. State played a lot of people. They rotated a good bit, especially up front. I think linebackers really the only position you didn't see a lot of rotation. But, uh, yeah, they've got some young guys out there that have some talent that kind of enable you to keep those uh, you know, those starters fresh. And I thought, I thought that was a sequence, again, it's like back-to-back weeks where Nathan Pickering just kind of takes over a game. Um, I think you're really starting to get value out of him. But I think when you look at Travion Williams, I think that's a part of the equation, right? I mean, when you've got a guy in there that, that can play at a high level, it enables you to keep that guy a little bit fresher longer. And so uh, I, I'm not worried about the front. And it's interesting to see people say, well, we didn't get pressure. Well, I think Jaden Delara would certainly disagree with that. The kid was running for his life most of the ball game. The difference is you just couldn't get him on the ground. Right. And that doesn't, you, know, you still influence the passer. I mean, you know, there were a lot of plays, passes early on in the ball game. Um, that kid was completely shook. And next thing you know, he just goes back to being an athlete. And I think when you look at the play calling in that second half, you know, they, they really didn't dial up vertical very often. They were working the perimeter a little bit, and they had a nice little concept where they have Michael Wiley step up the block, and then they just kind of slip him out. He just kind of chips the defender and gets it out there in the flats where he's wide open in space. And so give uh, Jet Fish and those guys a lot of uh, – you know, a lot of credit for battling back, but also having a pretty good plan there, especially in the second half, to, to kind of slow things down for Delora because I think left to his own devices, he may have thrown six picks. I mean, he, he was just <laughs> completely overwhelmed by the environment. He was. So. He was. He's a heck of a player and competitor, Steve, which I, I think you agree with. But that, that first quarter, uh, they just don't play in those kind of atmospheres out, out west. They just well, – you know, what's interesting about that, too, is he said during press conference this week that there's no way it's louder than the Pac-12. And, uh, you know, to give the kid a little bit of uh, grace, we, we didn't really comment on that or make a big deal about it in articles or anything. But I thought to myself, man, you poor young child, that, they, that this, you're, what you're entering in is anything like the Pac-12 where they get about 40% capacity. Right. It's absolutely ridiculous to make that, that assertion. But he didn't know. He knows now. You know, he knows now, and he has the box score to prove it. Uh, but I tell you this, that kid, I don't know what happens with him long-term, but that's a kid that's not going to quit. No. And uh, had every opportunity to quit and just say, you know, it's not our day, you know. and uh, But in, instead, he goes down to the last play of the game. He's tough out. as hell, Steve. Um, I, I know he's not built like Nick Fitzgerald um, and Matt Corral. Those guys just took blow after blow, hit after hit. This dude is tough, and I'll be interested to see, like you said, what all he does on some of those weaker defenses out west. Okay, let's go to this weekend. Steve Robertson, uh, 247 Sports, Jeans Page, uh, the Boneyard Podcast. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. LSU's coming into town. They have more talent. 11 a.m. game. They didn't play well a couple weeks ago. They got right against Grambling, whatever. Here we go. Steve, the the line's about nine. Um, When you look at what the Mississippi State offensive line has been able to do to date, knowing what LSU, I mean, this may not be their their best defensive line, but know the players that they have. What do you think Barbe and Will are going to try to do as they start to install the next few days? That's really a great question. I think, you know, really what you got to do against LSU to have any hope is, you know, You've got to be able to run wide. You know, that, that's defensively, they're always going to be strong up front. I mean, that's just LSU. They got shoved around a little bit by Florida State. And I think, you know, two weeks into the season, I think people are really starting to appreciate the fact Florida State might be back. I mean, yeah. Mike 
probably coaching for his job. And, and all of a sudden you look up and, you know, Southern Miss is a very quality G5 team and they absolutely pushed them all the way around the field. You know, um, I think you've got to be able to burn the edges and I think you've got to be able to take some shots. And that was one of the things too. I think a lot of fans were, were concerned about over the weekend is, yeah, Will was very efficient. I don't think anybody's blaming Will Rogers for anything. You know, I think Will played well, uh, but I think he needs more opportunities. I think you have to use the offense and uh, the passing game to kind of spread those guys out, make them defend every blade of grass, and you got to be able to use Woody on the edges. You know, State did not have a ton of success running up the middle against Arizona, and that that's not a criticism of your front. It's really a tribute to theirs. And uh, there were some guys, too, like Jeffrey Pittman at the time, missed a hole or two. And, uh, but I you saw can't that. All game, every game. You know, you got to have some guys come in, and I think Seth Davis is a guy that can. And, and I think Seth could be big in this ball game against LSU because of his foot speed. And you know, he's a guy that's a little bit smaller guy behind a pretty massive offensive line. So I think you run some counter type stuff, and you're even try to get him out there on the edge. But you know, Will Rogers going to have to the football to keep his defense honest. If not, you're going to have an offensive performance similar to what you had in that second half, where they're just kind of lining up and determined to stop the run and. Probably the biggest question mark I have about the whole thing is Arizona was beat up in the secondary and missing two starters, and you didn't have Maldonado for a half. I don't understand why State didn't test that secondary a lot more, especially later in the ball game when they were bringing those hippies up and trying to stick the run. You know, why not take a play-action shot? I know there's a couple times they tried to and you just couldn't get it done, but you're going to have to do that against LSU. You're going to have to be able to strike the field horizontally and vertically to have a chance in this ballgame. Yeah, I think uh, some people aren't going to like this, Steve, but I think a conservative approach is just not the right way. I mean, you're not supposed to win the game. Dan Mullen was unbelievable for his nine years, considering the all, you know, there were some misses, but but start to finish. But I thought Dan was too conservative many of Saturdays against somebody who out-recruited you by, you know, 20 or so spots, 20, 25 spots. Sometimes you got to let it rip, man, in these games. What What is your reaction to kind of my – I think back that 2017 game against Alabama, right, when – you know, When he punted on Bama's 41 and you're well, running for four and a half yards of carry? Before that, though, it's like you come out and you punch those guys in the mouth and State should have won the ball game, and then we go back to the Mullen malaise late. I mean, if Dan continues to call that game with the reckless abandon that he had the first three quarters of the game – uh, you probably got some different graphics at Davis Wade Stadium today because that's how significant that win would have been. But there were some other games, as you mentioned, where Dan kind of played not to lose. I think in a game like this, that's, that, that's exactly the wrong approach. I agree. I have to go out there from the very the very first snap and go out there and throw a haymaker, and you never know, it might land. And it gives your team some confidence. We talked about that first drive against Arizona. You give them juice. You can give yourself some juice. You go out there, but if, you know, if we're just going to go three yards in a cloud of dust, uh, next Monday, when you and I talk on the phone, there's going to be a lot of really frustrated Mississippi State fans. Well, you, so you're Zach Arnett. You you're not supposed to win the game. Um, I, I just think, yeah, I just think you've got to have an approach to go get it and and to to let it rip and and play some wide open offense and just see where see where it all falls. Um, oh, real quick, do I have? Yeah, Xavion. Uh, you know, the punt return, I think he was in there on 13 snaps, but didn't touch it on those, I don't think. Uh, how healthy is he, Steve? He's still not quite 100%. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he could have gone last week, but why do you waste him? You know, why do you run the you know, the risk of, you know, further injury? You know, but, uh, yeah, he'll 
he'll gradually get a little bit better. But, yeah, I mean, just having him out there as a punt returner is very significant. And you, and you saw that on that first drive, you know, of the second half where, you know, State gets a three and out and he gets a punt on the on the run and gets it down to the 30. And that's one thing with this yardage disparity. I mean, State was blessed with a short end of the field several times in the ball game, you know. So uh, I, I don't even think the stats are that significant in that respect because of the way that State set up shop. But it's just about finishing drives. I think Xavion's a guy that can put you in a position – uh, to give you some advantage and some shorter fields against an LSU defense. It's been a little bit shaky in the secondary. They today, have. So. Yeah. Detillier said this is not a rock star secondary. We'll see if Barbe and Will want to exploit it. How, how it doesn't look like he is yet. Do you think Justin Robinson can get to whatever 90% by Saturday morning? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, there was not a lot of discussion, you know, or concern about him last week. You know, he just, you know, basically his job was to be a perimeter blocker, it appears, and uh, did a pretty good job in that respect. But, uh, yeah, they've got to target him and get him against some of those LSU corners a little bit shaky because I think he's a guy that can be significant in this ballgame. All right. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. See ya. Jeanspage.com, 247 Sports, the Boneyard Podcast. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guess line. I think you got to go. You're not supposed to win the game. I mean, just go get it. Open it up. Play to win. I like what Steve said. Try to land a haymaker. Um, you know, that, that Jason, the line could be 10, 10 and a half by Saturday morning. It's a Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game in Starkville. 11 a.m. kick. If you tailgate Saturday morning, it could be like 65 degrees. It's a beautiful thing. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.